Strangers in the night, exchanging fluids. I quit. No? I quit the podcast. I don't want to do this. Okay. I actually uh, did a lot of research for this, unfortunately. Frank Sinatra? Yes, I watched all sorts of interviews with him and all sorts of really good stuff. You get it? Yeah, I got it. All right. I can reach my Coca-Cola. Okay. I'm not even going to say what's happening for all the people who are not watching us on YouTube, which, by the way, most of our episodes are being filmed and put on the Google Net. Man, I got a haircut today and I got my beard trimmed. Sell out. I got to look good for YouTube. I'm trying to like, I got to lose weight now. I don't know. It's like, I got all this pressure. Before we were just doing like audio, I didn't give a shit. Now I do. Yeah, you're such a sellout. No, I'm buying in. (laughs) Oh, okay, Maynard. (laughs) All right, so Frank Sinatra was born over 100 years ago in 1915. So y'all may want to prepare yourselves as I will likely be doing some ageism in this episode. My, My first note is Frank Sinatra born the year of our Lord, literally. Ooh, <laughs> probably knew Jesus. Took me a second. Old as dirt. Yeah, old people like dumb shit. I think we should all be able to agree on that, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Your grandparents and parents had shitty taste in music. Shitty taste in people. Also, the most hilarious thing about beer. going back beer. and... They had shitty taste in beer. Definitely shitty taste in beer. <laughs> the most hilarious thing about going back and looking into how all this stuff happened is it's just the same shit everyone makes fun of now. People can see what's happening with commercial music industry artists now and they hate it and they make fun of it and call it soulless and all this other stuff, but they don't apply it to Frank Sinatra because Frank Sinatra happened a long time ago. Yeah, he gets a pass from a lot of that shit. No, I think people just don't understand that this always worked the way that they can see now. Everyone can see behind the curtain now. And so they're like, oh, this shit sucks. Well, guess what? It always sucked. Like, I'd feel like people don't realize the circumstances under which Frank Sinatra initially became famous. He had this publicist named George Evans, who everyone calls a genius publicist, one of the first genius publicists. And the reason why they call him that is because he used to pay teenage girls to go to Frank Sinatra's shows, stand in the front and scream like they were going wild for Frank Sinatra. And if you don't know anything about Frank Sinatra, yes, he was the first Justin Bieber. When this kid dropped, his audience was almost exclusively teenage girls, which is why dudes trying to get laid at the time spent the rest of their lives thinking Frank Sinatra was the model for how a man should behave. Simple. What's wild is how well this works. Every time. It is such... It's still working now. Yes, it is such a run-of-the-mill, simple marketing strategy even like uh uh because maybe think of like bars like bars pay ladies night yes to have have ladies night because they know if there's a bunch of ladies there drinking for free or for cheap or whatever it is then the guys will come like it's really just it's it's insane how well it works all the way back to frank sinatra and building this image oh it's frank sinatra all the girls love him yeah the ones getting paid the original ones got paid to, quote unquote, love him and scream. At least, I think, I'm pretty sure at least Elvis had like real fans, like real, like genuinely had women there to cheer him on. Well, the thing that Elvis did that Frank Sinatra didn't do Shake his hips. is fuck with his clothes on on stage. <laughs> 
True. That he got on stage and showed everyone literally physically what he would do to you with his body if you gave him a chance. Yeah. And Frank Sinatra, the devout Catholic man that he was, would never do such Mm-mm. a thing. Never do such a thing. Well, that and his music was so fucking boring. There's no way you were fucking to this music. No, well, a lot no. of people did, but no. I'm sure it wasn't great. It had to be boring. Uh, Sinatra was terrified of Elvis Presley when Elvis came along. Because, mm. yeah, Sinatra's pre-Elvis. So, right. like, yeah, yeah, Sinatra yeah. was an old dude, an old fart by right. the time Elvis came He was probably terrified along. of the fact that, like, this dude was charismatic and sexy or something and did it way better, I guess. I mean, I Elvis know. broke in the mid fifties by 1951, Frank Sinatra was already broke because of how over his bullshit everybody was. His Frank Sinatra's career at the beginning of the fifties is, or was where Justin Bieber's career is right now or will be soon where all, and for all the same reasons where like everyone who loved it when they were teenagers is was now embarrassed yeah. For having liked Frank Sinatra for the same reason that Bieber's career is flailing right now because mm-hmm. his whole audience is embarrassed of who they were and when they liked it. So then the other thing, there was a musician's union ban on taking part in recording sessions. So there was no new music coming out with professional musicians on it because they were striking. So the record labels thought they knew how stupid their customers were and just put out records without professional musicians on them but nobody bought those records. So someone at the label finally realized that this band was only on musicians taking part in new recording sessions and musicians couldn't do anything about the tape that the record labels already had. Mm. So they went and got a Frank Sinatra recording from four years earlier with professional musicians on it. Boom, all or nothing at all. Only thing on the market that sounds remotely like real music and it's a huge hit. If you told me that he was an elevator music composer, I would believe you. I would be like, well, yes, of course, this makes total sense to me. I don't know. Unfortunately, I realize now I didn't know any. I still don't. I couldn't find anybody. Are there famous elevator music composers besides Frank Sinatra? Well, he didn't write most of this shit, but the stuff I mean, he's or, recording. Or artists. Yeah. Artists will use that term very loosely. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would love to see the percentage of actual Muzak, like trademark M-U-Z-A-K, yeah. that catalog, I would love to see, because I know that that was a very data-conscious and data-informed business endeavor. Yeah. They were keeping track of the most popular Muzak sets of music and like trying to figure out what time of day people wanted to hear what kind of music, et cetera. I would really like to see the data on, A, just how much of that was music like Gershwin type shit that Sinatra did record, you know, the quote unquote American songbook. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I'm my, I think if we're going to praise Frank Sinatra, <laughs> we should equally praise whoever the composers are of that music. We should know somebody's name that writes that music. You hate musicals. It's all the people writing musicals. Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra was literally in guys and dolls. There you go. I mean, yeah, makes sense. Frank Sinatra had a vocal cord hemorrhage in the early 1950s, making his voice even worse than it already was. And then his career had a comeback. Then he became the Frank Sinatra that everyone knows. You want to know why? You want to know why he got his career back? (laughs) No, I I don't. Acting. (laughs) Right. Movies. He didn't just like drop a heater of an album. Right. Yes. It wasn't just this this banger record that he put out that everyone loved was like, oh my God, Frank's back. Listen to this album. It's so good. You can actually, he actually is hitting a note. It's pretty wild. It's incredible. No. You've seen The Godfather, right? Of course. Okay. So you know how the movie starts 
with that Johnny Fontaine character begging Don Corleone for him to go force these people in Hollywood to let him be in a movie mm-hmm. because it'll be, it's a perfect role for him. It'll give him his comeback, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Frank Sinatra was pissed at Mario Puzo, the author of The Godfather, for his entire life. And the reason why is because Johnny Fontaine was so clearly based on Frank Sinatra. The storyline at the beginning where Fontaine's crying and begging the Godfather to get him the movie part is allegedly pretty fucking close to how Frank Sinatra got the role in From Here to Eternity. that saved his career and made everyone start taking him seriously. If the story's true, nobody cut off a horse's head and put it in a producer's bed or anything like that because they didn't have to. You ever have someone in the mafia tell you they will fucking murder you if you don't put a guy in a movie? That's about all it takes. Yeah. Oh, you want to meet my friend? Uh, you want to meet my friend? Uh, uh, what's an Italian name? Jesus Christ. I'm totally flaky. Yeah, say I'm, something racist. I don't know. No, I mean, I'm Italian. I, not, I, I'm, <laughs> I thought you were German. I got, I got it. I got it. You want to meet my friend Mark? <laughs> See, it works because of me. You don't want to meet my friend Mark. You, you know don't what wanna, I'm saying? You don't want. You don't want to meet him. You don't want to meet my. You friend don't want to meet him. Let me just say, you don't want to meet him. Hey gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest T-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. But okay, and then the other thing, the reason why From Here to Eternity, the character was good for Sinatra is because he's a terrible actor. He was like, I can do this one. You got to get me this part in this movie. It's perfect for me. Frank Sinatra was seriously, famously, such a huge pain in the ass on a movie set. And people try to defend his acting career by saying that Sinatra was going for spontaneity like trying, trying to hit some spontaneous energy over, you know, acting well. But the only roles this guy played that ever get any sort of critically acclaim are when he just didn't have to act. It's when he got to play some violent asshole or a moody little bitch. Because mm-hmm. he was a violent asshole and a moody little bitch. I was going to say, he was really just playing himself. Frank, what do you think about doing these characters? Oh, perfect. I'm basically that person every day. I mean, Frank Sinatra called Marlon Brando the most overrated actor in the world, which is just (laughs) hilarious. I love when people that are just, uh, well, obviously he's very insecure man, but I love when, uh, I love when people say that kind of shit. It's like one of my favorite things. Oh yeah. Marlon Brando. uh, He's a piece of shit actor. What? Okay. Right. The only people that say that shit are insecure idiots like him. Like, he's the only person that would say something so fucking stupid. Marlon Brando was a piece of shit human. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, but he was certainly not a bad actor. It would be ignorant of the entire history of acting as an art form to call Marlon Brando even a bad actor. Sure. Let alone the most negative quality actor of all time. Frank was intimidated by him, so we had to make sure he went straight under the bus. We're going to have to get into Frank Sinatra's personality and persona later into this thing. But one nice thing I will say about him and the way that he used that persona is apparently Sinatra did offer to have Woody Allen's legs broken Mm. when Woody Allen started fucking Sinatra's ex-wife's adopted daughter who was also Woody Allen's adopted daughter. It's just gross and weird. I don't... Dude, I... First of all, there's like when we're recording this is when that like Mia Farrow thing is coming out, like Woody oh, Allen. new documentary. I don't, which I don't really want to watch because it's just fucking depressing. But I did not know that he, that Sinatra was also married to her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Genuinely didn't know. And I was like, whoa, holy shit. 
He was married to Mia Farrow? That's why a lot of people think that Ronan is yeah, Sinatra's it, kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I read that. Regardless, it was insane, this 49-year-old man at the time dating a 19-year-old Mia Farrow. Are you talking about Sinatra or Woody Allen? Okay. No, Sinatra, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so fucked up. This poor woman that goes through like these obviously very toxic shitbags. Fucked up, man. But, but I, I guess you, 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 you were giving him credit for threatening to kill or break someone's leg. Great, Tyler. Good. Yeah. That's just encouraging the behavior. If you're going to be a violent <laughs> asshole, <laughs> at least be a violent asshole. Use towards, your powers for good. Dude, who is worse? Woody Allen or Frank yeah, Sinatra? Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, I feel We're, like Woody bad. Allen is worse because the problem with Woody Allen is it's the Rivers Cuomo problem where right. it's like, here's this scrawny dude in glasses. So no one's going to believe that he is just this monster of a human being. True. That's fair. At least Sinatra, that was part of his- No bones like, about it. Right, that was like, a, um, you know, tough guy, whatever. Yeah. Like that was his, his image. Yeah. You, so you almost expect him to be an asshole because you're like, of course he's an asshole. Look at him. Yeah. Look at the way he acts. Sure. Makes sense. Every interview he does, he talks like he's in the fucking mafia. Every single one. Well, I mean, he wasn't in, but by most credible accounts, he was- tangentially associated. There were a lot of vacations he took that if you were interested in this history, you may want to look into well, all the places Frank Sinatra was taking airplanes to and playing concerts at and I mean, who yeah. owned those clubs yeah. uh, and who owned those casinos. Yeah, all the old school like v Vegas, you know, Sands Casino this and all that stuff. make Vegas what it is. Yeah. That's yes, he's very much at the core of old school Vegas. The plot that the Godfather movies follow into Michael trying to get into Vegas and everything. I mean, this this dude is connected to all of the source material yeah. of that shit. Yeah. And probably Casino also. These are Casino's such, a way better movie than oh the Godfather God. movie. Dude, we, we should do an episode on how actually bad the Godfather is in comparison to other mafia movies, which are way better. Yeah. Goodfellas is way better well, of a do movie. Do you want to know why? Casino is way better of a movie. The reason why is because Coppola started to make The Godfather and then the mafia found out and they were like, that's not happening unless you hire us as advisors. Right. So, so they have to make it yeah. look a certain it's way. It's sort of like how the CIA gets involved in any movie right. coming out of a major Hollywood studio that like mentions the military at all. Yeah. Sort of like that. Yeah. How much can we say on this maybe, podcast? I don't know. I'm just going to say the last thing I'll say is Casino is a fucking fantastic Yeah, movie. it may be the last thing you say. <laughs> and Goodfellas is better than all of them, in my opinion. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It's so good. Goodfellas has a lot of really good music placements. I will say Goodfellas that. Goodfellas is one of those movies that, like, if it's on, I'll watch it. Like, even though I've seen it a hundred times. Like what about it, A Bronx Tale? I'm, I don't even know if I've ever seen that. I mean, there are a lot of very triggering scenes in it, but that's because of how much of a realistic depiction it probably mm. is. But Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America is probably the best mob movie of all time. Better than, better than Heat? Heat's not a mob movie. It's not? No, they're just like heist guys. Oh. Uh. Heat was a little bit more towards like mafia stuff too. Mm -mm. It's just, it's the same mentality where dudes watch it because they think they're learning life lessons. You know, like you got to be able to walk away in 10 seconds and then like some asshole makes that a part of his whole personality. Part of me, part of me thinks it would be funny to do 
Oh, your favorite movie. So, oh, wait, someone already stole that because people just rip off our fucking podcast. If you're going to do it, don't name your podcast. Your favorite movie sucks. Name your podcast. Your favorite band sucks, but for movies. That's the title yes. of your podcast. <laughs> we should we should do episodes like that just to make sure nobody else can. So anyway, after being in pictures, saved his whole career, Frank Sinatra went back to creating one of the most unnecessary and overrated bodies of work in the history of music. I, this dude's daughter matters more than he ever did. Y'all ever listen to Nancy Sinatra? Shit slays. These boots are made for walking yeah. alone. Not to yeah. mention the whole album that she made with Lee Hazelwood crushes anything Frank Sinatra ever did. But if you want to talk about the style of music that this is, even within the Rat Pack, Dean Martin, his vocal talent and ability is just light years beyond anything that Sinatra could do. But if you want to do real talk right now, talk about some shit that like your grandparents know what I'm saying is the truth. Andy Williams is like the greatest singer in this category of vocalist. There's no comparison. That's like comparing Pavi Paviardi. <laughs> God damn. I, can't, I give up. I can't even fucking say his name. I can't do it. Anyways. I don't know. It's just, it came out and then it came out again. I just, I give up. I'm not even going to say. Uh, I'm just going to go with the generic thing of like, that's like comparing a very, very good singer to a very, very bad one. There's really no comparison, is my point. I can't think. Oh, good God. Anyways, my point is Andy Williams is a genuinely talented person. Oh, if you, a virtuoso. First of all, also at Christmas time, if you're really still for some reason, even though we've done four Christmas songs, Christmas, Christmas sucks episodes, Andy Williams' Christmas album is fucking killer top to bottom. If you're going to listen to Christmas music, that's all you got to listen to. All right, we can't get into the betrayal that you just committed <laughs> on this show. We've got to get this episode moving. I'm saying if you have to. I'm not saying you should. <sighs> I'm sure there's Frank Sinatra Christmas album, but it sucks way worse than Andy Williams. Listen to Andy Williams. I'm fine with that. The thing that makes Frank Sinatra such a bad singer for me, I can forgive a lot of this shit that we're talking about, but the thing that's really unforgivable for me when it comes to Frank Sinatra is he sings every song like it's the same song. The emotional intent of the lyrics in any given song that Frank Sinatra is singing goes entirely unacknowledged by him he can sing quietly or loudly but there is no emotional acknowledgement of the lyrics in his timber the delivery nothing about like i can't tell if he's supposed to be happy or sad like if i didn't speak this language and i was listening to this guy sing nothing about it would say oh he's miserable right now or oh yeah. that guy's having a pretty great time you it's only like the horn arrangement that would do that I watched him uh, uh, do a Frank Sinatra live thing. So it's like live in New York or whatever. Because of course, New York. And he did uh, whatever. New yeah. York! Yes, he does, the, does that song and then they cut to the audience. But like, it's almost like they just go to watch him sing the songs. But you know how, I guess you, you see some live shows for certain things and people like are really emotional about it because they have this like deep connection to it and the per whoever's the artist is singing it and they're like tears running down their face or they're super happy and their the crowd is very just like jubilant like oh my god this is fucking incredible i love this song and it's so good the crowd looked like they were bored yeah. honest to god it was like they cut to this lady and she's just like okay all right yeah he's singing the song not even as good as it's recorded by the way because you can't hit half the fucking notes yeah very famously his voice only got worse i mean again he did have a vocal 
toward hemorrhage in the early 50s. So there's a reason for it. But just because there's a good reason for it doesn't mean that it's great to listen to. Maybe you should have considered a different career then, Frank. There's nothing wrong with that. Dude, this video of him live, it was probably at Madison Square Garden or something like that. It was a big show. It's so bad. He really can't sing. No, he's not good. Like, holy shit. I actually thought it was kind of a joke for a second because he starts this like one, a shreds video. Yeah, because his voice wavered so hard that I was like, oh my God, he couldn't even hold the note. Everyone knew it. If you go look up the reviews of his concerts for, I mean, I don't know, the last 30 years that he worked, maybe everyone knew that he couldn't sing, but people just still went and bought a ticket to go watch him, you know? And I get, it made sense when he was with the Rat Pack because you were basically watching four people do their comedy act. You know, Sammy Davis Jr. is hilarious. Well, that's like a whole show built around other people. Yeah, it was like them hanging out and like they would, one of them would sing a song. It was like a variety show format. But, and it's the same thing that always happens. For some reason, Sinatra's the one with the bigger career. For some reason, Nirvana's the one from Seattle. For some reason, the Beatles are the band that hits the biggest. It's always the lowest common denominator thing that becomes the most famous and commercially successful thing. Yeah. And the story and the image becomes bigger than- Justin Bieber. What the, what the music is worth. Yeah, Frank Sinatra paved the way for Justin Bieber. The original, the o, yeah. the OG, the original. He didn't even pave the way. He like wrote the book for how to do it. Yeah, pretty wild. Y'all think it's a coincidence that Bieber blows up as a teen icon and next thing he's getting in a bunch of trouble like racing his Lamborghini and shit like that. Someone just gave him a biography of Frank Sinatra. I'm so sure. So there are two things that Frank Sinatra apologists are going to tell you make him such a great singer. And the first thing is the way that he jumps out of meter with the song. And this is that annoying thing that jazz singers do where they like kick out of rhythm with the song to sound jaunty and cavalier. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing about jazz singers when they do that is that they can also sing. So, like, if you think Frank Sinatra is a good singer because he does that, I would love for you to cue up the Billie Holiday or Ella Fitzgerald version of any song that Frank Sinatra also recorded and get ready to have just an entire truckload of talent driven straight up your asshole. Yeah. But I guess those people weren't assholes enough to be at the same level as Sinatra. Okay. We really do. They happen to be black women. Yeah, well, I, that too. I don't know if that might have had something we to do with it. We really do have an issue with, as a society to launching the worst fucking people to the top of the food chain. Yeah. It's a real problem. Yeah. There are better people to be put on pedestals, but because they don't necessarily get put on TV every two seconds, for doing something idiotic and moronic, they for some reason get lost in the. Yeah, it's almost like the entire history of the music business prior to the civil rights movement. There may have been a coordinated effort oh, to definitely. have a white male person do things that other people who happen to be of different race and different gender were doing much, much better. But I feel like it's just true in general all the time. Definitely in that instance. We need to have like a real serious conversation yes, society about who I we think we're doing that right now. Who we put on these fucking pedestals just because they're what kooky or crazy or willing to go what? on Larry King and say like, I mean, no, I mean Kanye West does insane shit and says terrible shit. Like it's not always just white people. Okay, well, I'm not saying definitely in this instance and historically, it's I'm not saying that you're wrong by any stretch. But we got to stop putting shit bags on fucking pedestals. 
There's a lot of really talented, good people out there that are also just good people. They don't go on fucking TV and threaten people or be like, oh yeah, I'll, you know, I'm going to punch Sinead O'Connor in the face or some shit next time I see her or whatever he said. Sinatra said that. Yeah. Not, we we got to be clear. Kanye yes, West yes, yes, yes. did not no, no, say no, no, he was no, no. Sinatra. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think he actually said that exact thing, but he expressed his uh, dislike and how he would, you know. So that's a, I think that's a slightly different conversation. I think that the Kanye conversation is specifically a product of social media and sure. how easy it is for someone to break through using what I would call negative PR tactics. The there's no such thing as bad publicity yeah. uh, marketing strategy. I think Kanye West is not nearly as famous as he is without that being sure. a much easier tactic to take in the age of social media. Prior to the internet though, you probably never would have heard of Kanye West. Sure. Then the second thing that everyone praises Frank Sinatra for is his enunciation. He says the words that he's singing clearly. Uh, and if you don't understand how white people praising this white dude for singing these songs in a way that was easier for them to understand than the other artists who were singing these songs was always racist as fuck, I cannot help you at all. <laughs> Again, go back and listen to the Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald versions of these songs. We're literally talking about people praising Frank Sinatra because they can understand the words he's saying better than they can understand it in those other versions. Yeah, but like, what is like, what what is he? Very simple English language words here. This is like the same thing as if you gave James Joyce, who's widely regarded by very many people as one of the greatest authors of all time, like an F because he was not using proper grammar. That's not what this is. We're not getting graded as if we're diagramming sentences. This isn't the sonic version of that. We are not trying to impress our middle school teacher, Frank Sinatra. We're trying to move people. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me to my next point. If these songs were being graded by a middle school English teacher, a lot of them would fail because the songwriting in most of Frank Sinatra's biggest hits is just complete nonsense on a level of like drops of Jupiter by train. Have you ever thought about the lyrics to uh, fly me to the moon? <laughs> I've never thought about that. Okay. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. How is that better than drops of Jupiter? It's not. Nice. By train. It's, the same, it's the same song. Drops of Jupiter is actually probably better. And I hate Drops of Jupiter. Oh my God. I can't believe you have injected that song into my psyche. Oh God. And now that's going to be in my head. What about High Hopes? That Frank Sinatra has the most. I got High Hopes. Yeah. Once there was a silly old ram, thought he'd punch a hole in a dam. No one could make that ram scram. He kept button that dam. You know what I didn't do is, <laughs> I wish I would have, is, because uh, this is like child level. This literally is child yep. level writing. Like, legitimately, if I gave my four-year-old son and been like, write some words down, he could have written that. It's but Richard like, Cheese doing a Curious George book. He's going to say, basically doing Richard Cheese's job for him. But uh, I didn't find any. I bet you they exist, though. People that have broken down the lyrics and like some, there's always someone that's like, 
finding the deeper meaning in the lyrics. Like, how do you, what are the deeper meanings of those lyrics? I would love to know. Please email me because I would love to know. Well, water is usually a symbol of emotion. emotion so yeah, a dam yeah. is like shoring up the oh. emotions. And then a ram is obviously Aries. So it's about that Aries energy the determination butting up against that emotional dam to break through. And that's why I cry when I listen to High Hopes by Frank wow. Sinatra. That's incredible, dude. That's I had no idea you had such an emotional connection to yep, it. Yeah, I'm pretty deep. That's that's pretty wild. Frank Sinatra himself hated most of his biggest hits. And the reason why is because they were awful. Like Sinatra thought Strangers in the Night was terrible. And he was right, but it's still one of his biggest hit songs. I mean, how could, of course this guy was an asshole. Of course he had nothing but disdain for himself and his own career and the fans who liked it because he didn't like this shit. Right. Yeah. He, he wasn't a fan. I mean, and then as far as his singing goes, you could, it was his own shit. <laughs> no, you could easily convince me the guy who played Al Bundy was the person who sang the Married with Children theme song. Wait, is That's that Sinatra? Not, is, I know, but is that not a... No, I, it's not an Ed O'Neill. It's not a cover? It's not an Ed O'Neill cover, no. Whoa, I did. I legitimately thought that that was not the original version. It I is. didn't think Ed O'Neill was the person who did it, but I <laughs> that would be, I did not know that that was, that's the original version. Yeah. Wow, holy shit. But Sinatra used to introduce the song My Way by saying he hated it, and you'd hate it too if you had to sing it for as many years as him. But the truth is, he never liked the song, and he didn't even want to record it in the first place. And the reason why Sinatra did not want to record My Way is because the lyrics that Paul Anka wrote for the song are directly about Frank Sinatra's asshole tough guy persona, and Sinatra didn't want to own it. He didn't want to believe that people thought he was the kind of asshole who would sing My Way. Mm -hmm. But it's his biggest hit because he's exactly the kind of asshole who would sing my way. Paul Anka was dead on. And that's why half the misogynists, you know, love Frank Sinatra. All of them. I wouldn't even go half. I'd go 100%. Well, the other half haven't heard of him because this is for old people. Oh, man. Do old people even listen to podcasts? No, that's why I feel so free to say. Speaking of old people. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Speaking of old people and speaking of this last topic of his persona and his image, how many of you listening to this podcast or watching this podcast had got at some point in your life a lecture from your parents about something that you were listening to being bad? Maybe say some of the hip hop music that you enjoyed having a bad image. It's about it glorifies violence or even some of the heavy metal that you listen to. Or Guns N' Roses and the drug references. What about your Sinatra albums, yeah. dad? From now on, if that ever comes up again, or shit, maybe this year when you get together with your parents, you say, hey, remember when I was a kid? Remember, you used to love Frank Sinatra, but you said that the music I listened to was bad. It was a bad influence. Well, what the fuck is Frank Sinatra? What was he? It's a very bad image all around it wasn't like frank was just like this clean cut good dude his whole entire image was kind of like being a bad boy and who he was associated with and who he knew yes all right so check this quote out 
quote, sung, played, and written for the most part by cretinous goons and by means of its almost imbecilic reiterations and sly, lewd, in fact, plain dirty lyrics, it manages to be the martial music of every sideburned delinquent on the face of the earth. This rancid-smelling aphrodisiac I deplore. His kind of music is deplorable, a rancid-smelling aphrodisiac. It fosters almost totally negative and destructive reactions in young people, end quote. Who do you think that quote's about? <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead and tell me. Sounds like it could be someone talking about Frank Sinatra, right? Yeah. It's not. It's Frank Sinatra talking about Elvis Presley era rock and roll. Probably Elvis Presley directly. I don't know if he actually said his name, though. Mm. How strange that he had those views. Yeah. All the while being what he was or yes. something? It's just so, so hypocritical. It's <sighs> so anyone else does it, it's wrong. But when I do it, it's fine. That's all this is. Yeah. Don't be me. <laughs> well, part of, I, I watched three or four, at least, Frank Sinatra interviews. They're really unremarkable interviews because it's obvious that the person interviewing him is afraid of him. Well, not him, or, but his or, friends. Or, or, I watched this interview with this one guy. I didn't make a note of who the guy's, what the guy's name was. It was the most ass-kissing bullshit interview of all time. And I'm like, at least ask him something mildly hard-hitting like what the fuck man yeah it's just like softball questions like are you afraid of him do you not want to upset him like but the way that frank even talked to him was just kind of like i have you by the balls what do you want to know and again like it's just there's a reason why misogynists love this guy there's a reason why if you go to any karaoke bar and there's a dude who's 50 plus years old just get in shit face by himself in the corner. If that guy gets on stage and does a song, it is probably going to be a Frank Sinatra song. Yeah, very common. I would say actually the last fucking 10 times apart from preparing for this great podcast we have, the, the last 10 times I've even heard Frank Sinatra were at, we're doing karaoke. Yeah, from someone who has no friends. I mean, I can construct the person doing the fucking Frank Sinatra songs. It definitely is not a woman. Hardly. I don't think I've ever seen a woman do it. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone, but an uh, uh, over 50 year old white dude doing it. So this guy's image and persona are inseparable from his success as a recording artist and the fandom, the fan worship. There was this magazine article. I, I believe it was an Esquire called Frank Sinatra has a cold. And this is supposed to be, a piece of writing that sort of set the template for a style of journalism going forward. And it's this writer who spent weeks hanging around Frank Sinatra when he had a cold and Sinatra just comes off like such a petulant dick in the whole thing. He does have a cold. So he's just like shitty and in a bad mood the whole time. So I guess you could say that to sort of excuse his actions, but he goes to some bar and tries to start a fight with some guy over the boots that the guy is wearing for no reason. Uh, all he does is he makes jokes about his dick the whole time. He calls his dick his bird. So apparently like his go-to thing is to make a joke about his dick by calling it his bird. Like, Hey, how's your bird? Don't hit me in the bird. Oh God. Drink booze. It's good for your bird. By the way, as far as <laughs> so, like the whole alcohol, so childish, as far as the whole tough guy, alcoholic thing goes, this guy drank Jack Daniels. That is terrifying. Jack Daniels is the most disgusting whiskey. Are you trying to get us ejected out of Tennessee forever? Holy shit, we're gonna get fucking canceled by this state. It's sugar water trash. <laughs> Not to Frank, it wasn't. Not to Frank. The very last thing I watched before I left the house to come over here was 
his interview with uh, uh, Larry King in like the eighties, like the eighties, it was like in the late eighties or something like that. And I was like, oh, cause I wanted to actually see if there was like a quote unquote hard hitting interview. You know what I mean? Like, well, if anyone's gonna do an interview where they might push back or something like that, it would be Larry King. Like five minutes into the interview, Frank Sinatra is complaining about the fact that nobody will interview Frank Sinatra anymore. Cause I think Larry says something like, oh, I mean, you, you're always busy doing stuff. And he's like, no, no, nobody will have me on anymore. Nobody wants to interview me anymore. And I'm thinking to myself after watching like five other interviews or whatever I watched, I was like, yeah, because you're fucking terrible. You're boring and you're shitty. Why would anybody want to have you on? You're going to you have to be like this tough guy or whatever bullshit persona that you have. I mean, it would take all night to list the terrible behavior of this guy just going around, starting fights, having his people start fights, just saying awful shit, particularly to women. I mean, one time this guy said a well-balanced girl is the one who has an empty head and a full sweater. So that's well. If you want any proof that Frank Sinatra was a shitbag, all you gotta do is like Google search Frank Sinatra shitbag. There's about <laughs> 500 fucking things where people think it's funny or something to talk about all these terrible things that Frank Sinatra did to women. Like it's it's a decent amount of shit in there. Yeah, I don't really like to. I don't get into people's relationship stuff a lot on this show. No, yeah, we, we, we typically kind of avoid it. I've actually reflected back. But his thing was like he was dating other famous people. So a lot of his relationship stuff is well documented and he doesn't come out of it looking real great. Well, it was also such a big part of his image through and through. Yeah. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of like the bands that we've covered, like they've done shitty things. We haven't, oh, we haven't really harped on it as much. We typically harp on the music more than like everything that Aerosmith or Led Zeppelin did. We talk about it a little bit. But it wasn't like their entire image wasn't built around that. Whereas Frank's into that. It's like yeah. such a big part of his popularity was his True. image. And like, that's a big part of his image. Like that was, it's very integral part of what makes Frank Sinatra suck. It can't just be about how terrible the music is. Well, that's easy. It's got to be everything. If we were to sit down on this episode with a list of like 20 Frank Sinatra songs and talk about why they suck, everything we said about the first song, we just say it again about the second song, third song, all the way down the list because it's all the same thing. And a lot of it is like songs that suck because it's him, him doing it. Like the petulant child that is Frank Sinatra doing it. Doobie doobie doo. It's really weird to me though that when people like Gaga and those other people like Gaga, cover Sinatra I'm like why why well Gaga clearly appreciates Tony Bennett more than Sinatra yeah, that's done true. a lot more stuff that's true in that vein. that's true and that's true rightfully so because Tony Bennett is a much better singer than Frank Sinatra yeah, ever was fair. that's fair no that's fair you can actually take that out if you want oh are you embarrassed no no I'm not embarrassed I just forgot that it was actually more oriented towards Tony Bennett and we're not talking about Tony Bennett because uh, I don't want to get killed no, I'm not trying to get shot. I'm trying to say true things. Well, the, we all some of these episodes that we do, this being one of this them, I'm like, dangerous. oh, fuck, are we going to get like, <laughs> is we going to get like, somebody going to stop then by? Then we're going to be able to go eat Italian food again. Dude, my grandfather, my grandfather knew Jimmy Hoffa. Does that count for anything? Like he worked with the mafia. Is that cool? Am I cool? Am I, are we good? I'm gonna are cut, we good? I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Listen, 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 listen. Truth is, at the end of the day, if your favorite band is Frank Sinatra, your favorite band sucks. (laughs) 
You are welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. No, we didn't talk about Watertown. No, we didn't talk about Luck Be a Lady or 20 other Frank Sinatra songs. And no, it doesn't matter at all. Because it's the same bullshit over and over again, and even everyone who listens to Sinatra knows this motherfucker can't sing, nearly none of the songs he cut are worth a fuck on their own, and the ones that are were done better by someone else. Go to yfbspod.com to get a link to this episode and send it to every single person you know. Buy a fucking t-shirt, buy a fucking sticker. Oh, and come back in a couple weeks, because as men of science, Mark and I are repeating the experiment of a playlist episode. It's the same deal as last time. If you want to listen to the episode with us interrupting playback to give commentary, then you'll want to check it out on YouTube for the reaction video version. And if you want to hear us talk before and after, but not during the songs, then you'll be headed to Spotify. Uh, Something I was not aware of last time, it turns out everyone with a free Spotify account will only hear a 30-second sample of each song, while everyone with a paid account should hear the entire songs in the episode. So do with all of that information whatever you will. And I was serious about buying a shirt, so you better go fucking do it.